style helps you get up the stairs and down. Truman Capote once said style helps you get up the stairs and down. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to You Have to Wear Something. I am still your lovely host, Nicole Briggs. And today we have another amazing guest um, covering a topic I've never actually covered before. Um, So let's welcome Sarah Sykes of Sarah Rose Botanicals. She's a holistic health coach and cannabis consultant. Welcome to the show, Sarah. Thanks so much, Nick. I'm so happy to be here with you today. Yay. See, now that's like, this is like beyond girlfriend. This is family. And <laughs> you can only call me Nick out there if you know me really, really well. Otherwise, keep it to Nicole. But I love it when you call me Nick. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, I actually had a moment where I thought, should I hesitate? But I, I decided, no, we're going to free flow for today. But yeah, for everybody else, Nicole is just right. <laughs> yeah, Nick. And if you're really old in my family, you call me Nikki. And that's, ooh, that's that was, that was rough. <laughs> I'm like, oh. <laughs> I know. Uh, uh, I think I grew up with a little bit of the Nikki, but yeah, I really, I really like Nick. So I appreciate having the honor of being able to share in a in a nickname that's special. So. Yes. Well, thank you for um, being here. Uh, we're still doing our socially distance recording. Normally, I could hug Sarah, but she's in Chicago, my hometown. That's how I know her, and um, I am still in LA. So we're doing this, uh, you know, cross national recording still thank you anchor for making that possible um and i want to get right into it so i've never had any discussion about cannabis or weed or hemp before so first i just love for you to give us kind of like the cliff notes on what it all means people who you know i know a lot of people are smoking a lot of weed it's becoming more legal across america one by one luckily in the california it's been technically legal to to smoke with a card since about 1996 so you know i mean of course in la no one's going to be denied their vices right and (laughs) whatever they need to get through but other you know areas in america as we know from this election are a lot more conservative and um you know so far i think we have a few more states every year seems to be more and more comfort with you know cannabis so can you um break down the terms just what's the difference between weed cannabis and hemp yeah i love that um and and you're right cannabis is definitely you know consistently having some wins across the board i mean the the legalization and the path to uh deregulation and decriminalization and all that stuff is still very much ongoing but it's super exciting for some of the wins in this last election when it comes to cannabis reform um and yeah, you know, I love to just talk about cannabis in general because um, even though there are a lot of different understandings of you know what it what it means, and ultimately, you know, that that understanding for the consumer is most relevant. Uh, cannabis is a term that actually encompasses both hemp and marijuana. Uh, so, so cannabis is the species, and um, you know, there are a number of different types of cannabis we don't scientific and botanical with but in general it's really important to understand that cannabis is the plant and marijuana is high thc resinous cannabis and hemp is federally defined as cannabis that's below 0.3 percent thc so those those terms are to some degree um you know arbitrary in that the plant can be as resinous (laughs) as it 
know, wants to be given the growing environment, but in terms of federal regulation, hemp to be compliant with the um, the, the current farm bill has to be below 0.3% THC. So it's going to be um, non-intoxicating. And then technically anything above that 0.3% THC is considered to be marijuana. Or if you're growing hemp, it's considered to be hot hemp, which is no longer compliant and then has to be uh, destroyed. Okay. It did, it went out for just like one second. Um, oh, <laughs> I think when you just were uh, beginning to talk, I got most of that. Um, so if I'm reiterating what you just told me, um, hemp, cannabis, it's the, all of it comes from the cannabis plant, correct? Exactly. And you can't just grow it. You have to get a license, correct? To grow it. Is that correct? Yes, yes. And, you know, there are a lot of different states determining their own policies at this time and, and countries as well. So hemp legislature and and, cannab- and and marijuana legislature are definitely happening in real time. Um, but yeah, you know, most places you need to uh, procure a growing license and for hemp and, and marijuana, it's a different process. But you're absolutely right. Hemp is cannabis, marijuana is cannabis. Um, and feel free to ask me to clarify at any point. Um, love when people reiterate because, you know, there are a lot of interchangeable terms being used. So always great to get on the same page. Okay. I mean, usually on this show, I'm talking about <laughs> what people wear. Um, obviously with a political year, you know, there were topics that had nothing to do with fashion or style that I was covering. But sure. for a moment there, it seemed like hemp was also being used to make clothing, you know, and um, is there, is that still going? Is that still a thing? Because, you know, the mainstream fashion business, their approach to hemp, they were kind of like resistant. And it usually ends up being kind of very, very, very hippy dippy. You know what I mean? Um, hemp hemp um, fabric or what have you. What can you tell me about hemp fabric? And if you can't tell me anything, that's cool too. Yeah, yeah. So hemp fabric's really awesome. Um, hemp textiles are definitely a reemergent industry. People had been making textiles from hemp historically across many, many generations. Um, we can keep our conversation a little more specific to the U.S. context today. Sure. Um, in the U.S. context, um, I actually don't know if anybody is growing hemp right now for textile production. Most of the hemp growing is focused on seed or um, flowering material for CBD and things like that. So other countries are really leading the way when it comes to hemp textiles. Um, Spain does a great job and you know each country might be kind of known for their own practices with hemp but yeah lots of attention getting brought to hemp right now. Um, it can be somewhat cost prohibitive to work with because it is an import and then of course conscious importing and um, you know safe and fair trade work environments are really critical when you're thinking about industrial textiles and and whatnot but yeah I think we're going to see a lot more applications of, of hemp fabric in high fashion it's it's an incredible um, material that is thermodynamic which means it helps to wick away sweat it can help to retain heat um, keep you cool it's uh, antimicrobial and anti 
antiviral. So it's got a lot of functions and I would love to see hemp being woven with other materials. We do see a lot of hemp cotton blends first being introduced because it's also a nice way for people to start to convert into more uh, sustainable economies. But if they already have, you know, a connection on, on cotton or already have their cotton farms or supply, they might still be working with that. But I'd love to see hemp woven with silk, um, and other types of materials, I think you can definitely get uh, really cool in terms of the performance of the material, but I also believe that it can be worked with in ways that are um, really uh, aesthetically innovative and kind of less along the like burlap uh, jute aesthetic. Right, right, right. I feel like people were feeling like they were dressing a little bit in a potato sack if they were going to buy right. something that was made, you know, out of hemp, especially because of like the coloring of the fabric. Sure. Um, sure. Yes, we are living in new times and everything <laughs> is different and sustainable has become, uh, thankfully, a bigger focus in a fashion business when it's yeah. been such a um, excessive and wasteful industry for so long. And, you know, I mean, now with fast fashion, it, it, it's I think it's worth it for them to maybe start considering, you know, a more sustainable fabric like hemp. Um, okay, I'd love to get into what is going well. You, of course, consulted with me, um, thankfully, on choosing some um, beauty products from Tribe Tokes that uh, have CBD. And I feel like that's such a good market. Beauty is also at all-time highs. Now you see everyone coming out with like a beauty brand, even Pharrell, got, you know, Fenty, you know, Rihanna, um, now J-Lo. Everyone's coming out with a skincare line, um, Goop and all of that. And uh, a lot of people are using CBD uh, in these products. Um, can you tell me a little bit for people who are like, okay, is there THC in there? How does it how is it making you feel if it doesn't have THC or is there like a little bit in there? Kind of break down the way CBD is used in beauty products. And I have two beauty products on ShopGU just for the shameless plug <laughs> of what I'm selling. But um, Sarah was kind enough to um, help me choose in this world that's just overwhelming of CBD beauty. Yeah, those are those are great questions. And the reality is that you're going to see all types of products in the market right now. And, and absolutely, skincare is definitely a huge um, opportunity space for CBD products. And in general, people seem to be really investing in skincare. Um, also, as I am, you know, aging gracefully, I appreciate all of the different things that appeal to people my age. And, and skincare is definitely one of the things that I see, um, see folks super interested in. And so in terms of uh, like CBD content and, and whatnot in skincare, you know, it really depends. I mean, if you're getting a skincare product that's specific more towards like wound healing, you know, or um, like uh, helping to have a healthy scar healing or something like that, you might want a different composition in your cannabis skincare product than if you're using something for, you know, under eye care or a skincare mask. So um you know, generally what you'll see is that CBD will be the consistent ingredient, but CBD can be sourced from cannabis in a number of ways. So um, you can have the basically like the CBD and all of the rest of the naturally occurring plant material that's, you know, uh, from from being extracted. You can have whatever is present in the hemp 
um, with the CBD content in your skincare products. Um, and that's going to offer you a different range of cannabis effects than a skincare product that just has a CBD isolate in it with no other supportive plant material. Um, so when I talk about CBD and all the other supporting you know, things that are found in the plant, that's considered to be a full spectrum or, or a, a whole spectrum extract. And so in addition to CBD, you're going to have other things like vitamin E and minerals and, and things that are going to be interacting with the body and also the um, skin barrier and, and skin health in general. So a product that's really focused on something that's like very cannabis forward might have different ingredients and different effects and something that's really more like a high-end kind of luxury beauty product that happens to have CBD as an ancillary ingredient. Um, that being said, CBD is an antioxidant, it's anti-inflammatory, and so those are the types of things that can be great for protecting the skin, um, also can be helpful for blood flow, and, and so it can be very rejuvenating. Um, you know, and again, with your CBD product and the way it's formulated and, and what it's uh, what it's supposed to do, it's going to have those different effects. So if something is really about kind of moisture, then you might have, you know, CBD plus some supportive ingredients that help kind of lock the moisture into the skin. But again, if you're using something because you have scarring or maybe you have um, a skin condition or maybe you even have something that you're concerned might be associated with skin cancer and you want to use a cannabis topical, then you're going to maybe want a topical that's really going to penetrate into the skin versus protect the skin barrier. So, you know, to, to back it up, that's a lot of information. But basically what I mean to say is there is no uniformity in CBD applications in body products or skincare. So it's important for consumers to think about, hey, what do I want my skincare product to do for me? And then to maybe have an understanding of how CBD can support that. So, so, so to summarize, you know, CBD could be the type of thing that's helping to um, regulate oil in your skin because it's interacting with CBD receptors. Um, it could be the type of thing that helps um, maybe dry and, and patchy skin kind of um, become more balanced in texture. But again, when you're getting into some some um, some deeper concerns or more kind of medical concerns, then you're going to want a different type of product that might penetrate through the skin barrier. Um, any product that's just on the surface of the skin, you know, it's not going to have any type of um, like I guess effects that you really feel internally because it's not it's not crossing the skin barrier it's not getting into the bloodstream um that being said when when cannabis does enter the bloodstream it can have some different effects so you know for instance when i put on a cbd chapstick i'm not getting high that cbd isn't getting into my you know necessarily into my bloodstream and again cbd is non-intoxicating any products that I'm getting that are hemp-based, they're going to be non-intoxicating. So I'm really not going to feel any type of, um, you know, mind-altering effects from it. If I was using a cannabis product that had high THC content and it was getting into my bloodstream, I might have some effects uh, because cannabis does absorb through the soft tissue. So, you know, to be totally honest, one time I had like a infused coconut oil and uh, it was like a, you know, THC infused coconut oil. And I remember, I think I had rubbed it on my hands and maybe I like accidentally rubbed a little bit of on my face. Yeah. I definitely felt like I had a face high. I won't lie. Now I've never had that experience again. And maybe, you know, like my face is tingling. Like what is going on? So, you know, cannabis can have a range of efficacy. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, if it's not getting into your bloodstream, you don't have to worry about it interacting with your, you know, mood or anything like that. It's really just going to be about the barrier of the skin. Does that make sense? 
all of that makes sense and I love all this information you're the right person to talk to about all of this because I mean what you see happening is I'm trying to figure out the stigma like now that it's in like high-end luxury skincare products it just seems like it was just so silly for there to be such stigma towards weed for so long I mean I remember you know just maybe teenagers at Lanesburg High School where I went um you know maybe having a joint on the grass and it's yeah. this huge campus if you ever like google lane tech or passage oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like a college campus and like i just remember like cops being so thirsty to like rough up some kids because they were smoking weed they smelled it or like the security guards in the school making yeah. this such a a big deal and um I mean, as we know, a lot of black and brown people are still incarcerated mm-hmm. um, for weed possession. And um, I'm just trying to figure out today with this awareness, I think there's, and correct me if I'm wrong, Sarah, but I think there's like 15 states that have passed some level of legality around weed use, right? You know what? I, I'm so bad. I actually was just looking at a whole um, representation of, of the um, continental U.S. And I was like, I really need to like almost every state has something going on. So there's it's, it's really more that there's a handful of states that don't have any type of policy um, and, and where, uh, you know, there, there's there's no marijuana reform law. But in most states, there's something either, you know, if you um, are, uh, you know, in possession of more than what you're allowed to be in possession of whether you know one state says it's an ounce or one state says it's you know an eighth um you know then then you might have a fine there are there are states that have medical marijuana programs but do not have adult use programs recreational use yeah exactly recreational use um different terminologies being used and then there are some states that have no programs at all but majority of the continental u.s states do have uh marijuana programs and medical marijuana programs at this time okay i'm cheating a little bit because I'm here I'm a table I'm a Mac yes, give us and some um, it's 15 that's, yeah. it's 15 states that have some as of November 4th 2020 it's 15 states that have in some way legalized weed right mm-hmm. and I mean there's still 50 states I guess what I'm trying to figure out is what are some of the ways that you know of just culturally and even legally what prevents a state from making it legal? Like, do we need a federal law? This always confuses me about America. Oh, like a federal law saying it is kind of like with gay marriage. It is federally legal to marry someone of the same sex. Is that what we need for basically widespread, you know, acceptance and, and legalization of weed? Yeah, I think so. I think so. And I had to take a step back to and pull up a map because I'm like, man, what is going on with my map here too? And yeah, there's so many different types of policies like this, this map that I'm looking at is fully illegal. Um, so yeah, we got a handful of states that are, they're fully illegal. Um, I wonder, uh, yeah, anyway, I won't, I won't get us caught up on that. But yeah, um, then we also have a lot of decriminalized states, medical states, medical and decriminal and legalized. So yes, you're, you're right, Nicole, legalized, legalized is, um, is, is 
is maybe the best policy we have right now. You know, like you said, California is um, is an early proponent of that. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of different there's a lot of different things along the way. And, and I'm sorry, you know, sometimes I get a little sidetracked when it's like, man, what is optimal for policy reform? I mean, it makes me yeah. think about different things like you know sex work do you decriminalize it do you de- you know what what do you what do you do like around like man where do people have autonomy and whatnot and so yeah i think making things federally legal is where we start to have a little bit more autonomy and you know when when you're talking about like yeah kids getting shaken up for a joint or whatever else like yeah people are still being very heavily policed you know even though we do see uh, minority ownership in the cannabis space and it's really disproportionate right now people are still being heavily policed rated all these types of things so yeah i mean i'm not really sure what the solution is because i'm not in policy you know i definitely believe like sovereignty over body and mind is something important and that's not really something that the government you know is is in support of right now but but we do have the more act that is the um marijuana opportunity and reinvestment expungement act so there's a lot of different things that we can see um hopefully hopefully happening soon but yeah, I mean, I again, I feel like, unfortunately, I'm I'm out here not sounding like I really know my my policies. No, you know, but, you know way more. This we are but, but always, like we are on well, this journey together because honestly, like you said, every state is different and everyone is everyone well, is doing different things at their own pace. You know, it's so weird. And, and, and America is always federal versus state all the and time. And I don't quite understand the difference between decriminalization and um, federal deregulation. Like, I just don't quite, you know, this stuff is tricky when it comes to policy, man. Like, even with the MORE Act and all the and all the stalls around it, you know, people are getting caught up on the wrong stuff. Oh, is this policy not fair because, you know, it has something to do with real estate and relocation or this, this, and that. There are so many loopholes that get funky. So again, you know, I, I, um, I think that, uh, yeah, everybody should have access to everything. You know, people should be able to grow their plants in their backyard. People should be able to grow plants for whatever use they want as personal medicine, as nutrition, as caregivers. You know, what if somebody wants to be weaving, you know, small scale textiles? I mean, in, in, in America, it's still, as far as I understand, illegal to grow your own tobacco plants. Why? Because, you know, tobacco is a monopoly. Why do we see CBD and high end luxury skincare? Because corporations are buying up CBD isolate that really has nothing to do with cannabis medicine but it still has you know functionality in the body and they're incorporating it so yeah we have to be very careful around you know even scheduling any of this stuff like cannabis is a plant cannabis is indigenous to many lands you know cannabis dates back really 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 far it's i think it's like 1200 bc you know and and so um yeah i mean i think in some ways it's really hard to consider a great cannabis policy when we're still like a governed nation you know um but yeah it's uh it's tricky but yeah i mean you know i think that uh yeah federal federal legalization is is the next thing that we want to see for sure and um hopefully it's coming sooner than later there's a lot of advocates who are really working hard to um push policies forward like you said at a, at a state and local level but but also we have a lot of groups that are kind of uh umbrellas if you will for the state policies working on a on a national level so even aclu is the one right now that's pushing forward to the more act so you know like you said cannabis is definitely um is popping up in a lot of spaces yeah i mean it i mean it does feel slightly unfair that while you know big fortune 500 companies 
are continuing to benefit, you know, from this business, this new, you know, product on the market and people are in jail, you know, for years and years and years, you know, the over-policing obviously of low-income communities and things like that. It is, it does feel a little unfair. I mean, you walk into MedMen here in LA and it's like the Apple store, man. It's like, uh, it's so intense. It's, it's kind of offensive, you know, it's a little bit. And, and MedMen is a Canadian company and it's pretty much the McDonald's of weed here in um, California. And they you have know? so and, much scandal, <laughs> like bad news, you know, back of house scandal. That's what I'm saying. And it's like, not only, it's not even an American company. We talk about who can take advantage and who can't, you know, those are the things that come to mind. And I probably, why I never smoked weed as a teen is because, you know, I did. I wasn't a teenager that wanted to get into trouble or sure. be arrested or be harassed. I was already being harassed, you know, yeah. anyway. And and I just didn't want to add more shit, right? Give more reasons to be harassed. Oh, and for so, sure. And having cannabis in your possession or around your people definitely puts you at higher risk for, you know, harassment, whether it's non-intoxicating hemp flower, <laughs> you know, or whether it's, you know, some, some, uh, yeah, some some loud weed. So yeah, for sure. You know, it's I understand why you would make that decision, and yeah, not put yourself at undue risk when you're already, you know, dealing with shit for being a black teen in Chicago. Yeah, and, and yeah, and it's so interesting. I think it like it's like a little bit of a slight mild PTSD, but you know, I mean, yeah. you're, you're at you know, black teens and brown <laughs> teens and gay teens and anyone who checks the other box, female teens. We're always trying to like make sure there's less shit to be harassed about, right? Yeah. So now, even as an adult, I mean, that was so many years ago. I'm still like, I just don't even feel comfortable like smoking weed in my own apartment by myself. You know, like <laughs> there's still like you know you like you have like a little voice, you know, in, in your consciousness saying like this is bad. Um, totally but- that internalized stigma and like the the real threat that comes with, like you said, you know. Yeah, about- you feel some okay. kind of way, but you know now it's like oh okay, around Christmas, you know, post dinner, uh, if I go to or I do go to a friend's giving for a while, you were like oh okay, does anybody want like an edible to like chill? And not to like drive you crazy, but like you just relax, you digest your food. It's all very relaxing. And you know, cannabis is great for digestion. <laughs> that's, what, that's what I'm saying. So that's why people like do it after like a big, especially like a big meal and all that kind of stuff. And you play games and maybe you're kind of little in a, a mental space to play games, right? <laughs> you know, sure. so, um, but like for instance, like the NFL, like the NFL, the, the, I think of them, like the athletes, their bodies get so beat up, you know, I mean, it's a big problem, like the head injuries and the body injuries. And, you know, by the time they're 50, they have, you know, a lot of real problems and people don't talk about what, like, for instance, football players go through after they retire. And there's, um, there's a conversation about allowing, um, just CBD, not even like anything with THC, but like for for pain relief, you know, for athletes. And um, they were saying no because they would fail their um, drug test. Is that true? Can a drug test pick up CBD if it's absorbed topically? Well, if it's so 
couple different things. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Straighten me really, out. <laughs> really good questions because, yeah, there are a lot of people who are subjected to uh, drug testing and, you know, having um, cannabis in their system is a very real concern. And that's where, you know, when I can mention in regards to skincare, like there's the full spectrum cannabis extracts that contain everything that's, you know, naturally occurring that isn't you know lost during the, the extraction process um so those full spectrum extracts may may contain those trace amounts of thc and thc does have a cumulative effect in the body i'm going to take a step back i was also making a comment about you know corporations buying up cbd isolate cbd isolate doesn't have any thc in it it's it's sing, it's a single um it's a single compound it's just cbd so those products will not show up on a drug test unless that test is testing for CBD, which it wouldn't be because it's federally legal. Um, so in the event that a, that a person is taking a CBD isolate product or even a, a product where the THC has been isolated out, so there's no THC, no trace amounts, not that 0.3, not nothing, they, they won't have any risk to testing. But if you are taking a, a potent CBD product or um, a high dosage of, of CBD that has trace amounts of THC and you're using that multiple times a day for pain management or, you know, um, what is it, uh, traumatic brain injuries or, or other things that a lot of, you know, professional athletes incur during their, uh, their, their service on the field, you know, they, um, they, they might have those trace amounts of THC start to build up. So if you're taking, a, and again, this gets into kind of some of the gray zone, right? Because we can have all types of conversation about cannabis. There's new cannabinoids being identified all the time. There's Delta-8 THC, which is entering the market through the, the, the hemp space because you can modify cannabis. You can, you can mess around with it in a lab. So, so we have to be careful of you know synthetic stuff. But yeah, when it's the naturally occurring plant material and then you've got it in a, in a potent concentrated form, that 0.3% THC, that 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 testing happens when the plant is is um, you know just being cut. It's at dry weight. It's it's not it's not a finished extract. So so those percentages, what it looks like when the plant matter is just like raw and fresh, those those change exponentially when that product is extracted and concentrated. You know what I mean? Everything's kind of in those higher levels. So you can get a, a, a CBD product that has a couple milligrams of THC in it because of how concentrated and potent it is and those products are still federally compliant because they tested okay you know during during the initial testing process so so those products that are full spectrum that do tend to have the most medical efficacy um will will start to build up in the body and cbd and thc are different in terms of how they bind in the body so typically my understanding is cbd cycles through the body in about 72 hours whereas thc can stay in the in the fat in the body the adipose tissue and so um so there's a, you know, there's there's concern there if somebody again is using a product at high frequency. Now, if you're using a topical and it's not getting into the skin, it's no issue. But you know, maybe you want something that um, we call it transdermal when it penetrates through the skin barrier. You know, and and then you might have some concerns. Again, we don't have as much research on topicals entering in the bloodstream when it comes to cannabis, and also a lot of um, you know cannabis topicals that are really effective are made from hemp. You know, so it's it's really kind of a non-issue there. But but some people like to use a, a THC topical and, you know, then that might be getting into the bloodstream. So for anybody who's who's subject to testing or has any type of regulation they need to be compliant to, I always recommend that they, you know, 
they uh, they make a, a conservative choice because I'm not a doctor, you know, I'm not running those those uh, those uh, tests, you know, I'm not sure what level of testing, um, <laughs> you know, what level of testing detail they're able to analyze. So so people have to make informed choices, and that's where CBD isolate, while it may not have the same um, effect, you know, people will still use it, and then typically they'll need to use it in higher doses to get you know maybe similar effects to a full spectrum but um but yeah people need to be very conscious you know i also recommend that if people are trying out cbd products you know whether you're an athlete or, or whatever else um but yeah if you're trying out a cbd product and you're you're concerned about testing positive for thc go on ahead and get yourself a kit from you know the the, uh, the corner store or the grocery store, your local pharmacy, and and do a drop at home to see, hey, is this showing up? You know, in my sample because that's something that you might want to be informed about. And then if you have scheduled testing, you know, hey, I get tested, you know, every four months or whatever. Then then maybe you want to use your products and then you want to you know clean up your um, your system a little bit just in case if you are using a, a high potent CBD product that does show up in your system. So it's it's really unfortunate um, because like you said, a lot of people People would really benefit from these products, but you know they, they can't um, they can't legally use them, and that includes people who are in aviation, <laughs> you know, which maybe that makes sense. But also a lot of people who do deal with traumatic stress on the job, like you know, um, uh, firefighters. Yeah, or police, or you know, whoever. Or anybody in a union. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, so interesting. I mean, I, you know, I got tested for drugs for a, a freaking retail job, which is like a fancy cashier job. And they cut a pretty significant lock of my hair out. Damn. And the bottom of my hair, like in the back under my ponytail, I was like, whoa, like it, because it can stay in your hair longer. And that, yeah. and what that does is like, it's it feels criminalizing because it's like, well, what if I did smoke weed three months ago? I cleaned up my act to get this job. You know, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. It's like it feels like a yeah. trap, um, and it seems just a little like an overstep to be able to cut someone's hair versus like just yeah. take a urine sample, right? Yeah. Also, I'm like I don't know much about hair testing, but it, I also feel like they shouldn't have cut your hair at all. Like, let you pull out a strand or two, you know. But yeah, uh, they uh, they cut it. They they do it. Like I think it was Quest Diagnostics. Quest. Yeah. If you're listening, I'm still fucking salty about that. But anyway, yeah, bogus. <laughs> you're bogus. bogus Quest. It's like a nightmare. Like waking up, like you you know in your dream you got a haircut and it was the wrong one or something. I know. I was like, wait, what? A lot of hair. That's some bullshit. <laughs> Um, okay, so what I'd like to ask you now before we get into what you don't like, I always like to ask everyone, like, in terms of this whole industry, we are going in the right direction. This is good news, the legalization, even though it's moving at a snail's pace. And this adoption of CBD use in our culture, in American culture, you know, feels right on time. What What is your favorite part about what is happening? What do you like? Whew, yeah, I appreciate you bringing me back to the positive too, because I was like, ugh, get me heated to talk about you know, <laughs> cannabis. Yeah, no, but you already know I'm about to get heated and run my mouth, but I, you know, like stay on course. So let's, yes, let's talk about thank what, you. what I appreciate the good stuff that, that's right? happening. Yeah, I mean, I love the cannabis community. You know, I just love the cannabis community. I see so many, you know, people showing up for each other. Um, this is a this is a community community that's really self advocating. You know, for a long time, 
And so for me, that's a really beautiful, um, beautiful thing to see and be a part of. There's a lot of different coalitions happening. And even we are seeing some uh, unionization for some of the uh, multi-state operator cannabis companies. Um, so, so that's great because, yeah, people need to be safe at work. So I see a lot of um, people advocating for themselves, advocating for their community. You know, it's definitely a patient advocate community. And um, yeah, I also, I just feel honored to be part of the cannabis community because yeah, there's a lot of really, really important work to be done, especially when it comes to record expungement, getting everybody out of jail, all of this bogus stuff. Um, but but the, the the other thing is that the cannabis community is, is a community that's, that's working towards uh, wellness, towards self-care, towards, um, you know, self-regulation, uh, if you will. And, and that's pretty radical in, uh, in the context of Western medicine and how that's really been something that was really promoted, you know, take, take your meds like you take your vitamins. So, you know, it's, it's, um, yeah, it's an honor to be part of the cannabis community. And I just love all of the, uh, the women supporting women going on. Um, there's a lot of, uh, minority cannabis equity coalitions happening. That's so awesome. There's just such, such good stuff happening and good momentum. So, you know, I feel like even though it's an industry that might be easy for people to get burnt out in because cannabis is self-care, you know, a lot of people are, are doing all right. You know, a lot of people are doing all right. And one of the beautiful things about cannabis is that it's non-aggressive, you know, so um, I think it also contributes to, you know, a peaceful mentality that we see more people wanting to adopt. That's why so many people are in favor of uh, legalizing cannabis. So yeah. yeah, shout out, shout out to the cannabis community, everybody. <laughs> you know, right. It's here for you. <laughs> yeah, especially the the girlhood, the sisterhood. Uh, shout out to you know female entrepreneurs and founders and things like that. I love that. Um, okay, and now there is a lot, like you said, you were getting heated as you should. <laughs> we should all be soft for everyone still in lockdown or being harassed over something as minuscule as weed. Um, what what is your biggest pet peeve with the industry the culture the business of weed cbd Ooh. go for it i mean there's so much um co-optation and exploitation happening and um it's happening in so many different ways i'm so ashamed of chicago you know chicago shame on you for being lauded as having such a forward uh, cannabis equity program and and again you know being another another uh shameful scandal um of of uh, exclusionary practices even even with the social equity lottery process so so yeah it's it's very it's very upsetting how um how how corrupt uh the cannabis industry the 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 regulated cannabis industry is quickly becoming like you said you know medmen isn't even you know a national company right you know and so we have a lot of people coming in buying people out i mean i have so many uh so many friends who worked (laughs) you know in in dispensaries in the beginning and when those independent dispensaries started to get bought up those uh those multi-state operators those, those corporate companies they, they they you know they they fired everybody they they did a, an entire sweep so so we have a really ugly beast here happening and you know people are getting um taken advantage of and you know and speaking out about it too which is really important but yeah there's another company that you know wanted somebody to be a brand ambassador and you know not only did they um 
they not support this person with products to represent in any of these shoots, but then also didn't pay this person out at all. So like people not following through on deals. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's corrupt and um, it's upsetting. And we have a lot of uh, ownership that, you know, um, that, you know, by people who aren't actually stakeholders in the community. So that's very upsetting to me. Right. Um, so, and, and what you say about that is basically, you know, the idea that the communities that were hit the hardest by the quote-unquote war on drugs, they were supposed to be allowed to be licensed first for dispensaries. Is that correct? Yeah, that's that's part of it. And again, you know, there's a lot of nitty-gritty. I don't want to misspeak when it comes to cannabis legislation because things are always being amended and changed. But yeah, right now we're in a standstill and there's a lawsuit because there was a lottery process for, uh, yes, you're right, people who were impacted by the war on drugs. And then they changed the criteria all of a sudden at the end because it was like a score-based process, you know, and, and people were supposed to be notified if there were deficiency, quote-unquote deficiencies in their scores. So they had an opportunity to amend those concerns. But they added something on the, um, on the process where it was like if you had somebody who was a veteran, in respect to veterans, if you had somebody who was a veteran on your applicant team, it gave you more points. And that was a new addition. So instead of it being a an equity application process, it really became a veteran application process. And then the people who scored those perfect scores, first of all, how did they get queued up to this? And then second of all, those people, you know, who were awarded the licenses initially are people who already have <laughs> who, who already have stakeholdership in the not stakeholdership but owner ownership in the industry. So it was just it was just so bad. I mean I don't even want to get into the mess of it but it was like yeah instead of having the people who they had contracted to grade the test they had like that company's interns you know grade the applications like so disrespectful yeah so 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 bogus and so yes you know it was supposed to be an equity-based process but that also has to do with things like your zip code and as as wanda james pointed out on a shout out to wanda james as she pointed out in a conversation with um a student group at uh, tuskegee institute um, you know, we have so much gentrification, you really can't do equity based on zip code. Which is the same problem with the schools. And I, I mean, until they clean up kind of like these systems that are already racist, you can't base any future, you know, programs based on the same thing. You can't, you can't. And, and when we're talking about federal legalization, I mean, we still have this issue of conservative states making policies that disregard, you know, um, <laughs> like other from white sweeping, sweeping perspectives. So yeah, we have, we have a lot of, we have a lot of issues to address and, and each community has distinct issues to address. And um, that's why we need really nuanced uh, policy that, that supports people. Now, um, where do you see this going now that we know what you don't like and what you do like <laughs> what would you like to see happen sarah oh that's that's beautiful um and that's a good question because you're in the community and you're part of it so one person even us having this conversation this is a part of progress you know yeah yeah i appreciate that um yeah, I want there to be safety for, for everybody in the cannabis space. I want it to be safe for people to access what they want and need access to. Again, I believe in sovereignty of body and mind. You know, if somebody wants to use an herbal medicine, use an herbal elixir, you know, use a, a potent product to, you know, have a personal experience, like, 
I don't really think it's appropriate to govern that. So, you know, that being said, just because we have access doesn't mean the experience of use is safe. And I just, like you said, you know, people are still having PTSD around harassment or dealing with internalized stigma and whatnot. So I just want people to have a safe and healthy experience caring for themselves, having access to their medicine, you know, providing medicine as caregivers to, you know, the people that they that they support. Um, because, yeah, even though things are, you know, starting to be um, legalized in, in different states, there's there's so much risk. I mean, we have so many people, the front lines of cannabis. I don't even want to talk about what the front lines of cannabis is, because I'm sure there's a lot of conversation around that. But like, let's just talk about people in transportation. Like even the people who are transporting hemp, which is federally legal, are still subject to arrest when crossing state lines based on state policies and also the ignorance of people who are working. So just because the plant is accessible or legalized doesn't mean people are going to have a safe experience using it until we address these other um, systems of oppression and the racism that you know is is rampant but we're all working towards dismantling so yeah i just want to have i just want people to have a safe experience experience you know accessing what they need and and supporting people to have access um, do you think a federal law would just solve a lot of problems Oof, i mean yeah I think so if police reform or defunding the police was part of that. Okay. Um, but the okay. other thing too is that like, you know, right now cannabis can be um what am I trying to say? You know, we just have to be careful because even though cannabis is 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 um, you know, becoming a becoming more acceptable, people can still use the smell of cannabis as a reason to search a vehicle. And so it can still be used to um, to target people, you know, in a discriminatory way. So I think that we need to have a cascade um, around decriminalizing controlled substances. And again, I don't want to get into the politics of that, but, you know, I think we can both agree that, you know, the war on drugs was a war on people. And so we, we need a we need a bigger conversation. Cannabis is for sure part of it. And I think it's definitely a step in the right direction. Um, and, and hopefully also, you know, federal legalization would really help everybody to have a, a more positive mentality. But, you know, just because, you know, the, the, dream, the Jim Crow kid is outlawed doesn't mean that people don't have bigotry. So, you know, we right. have, this, we have this, this work to do as a community and in our own work, you know, to, uh, to uh, yeah, to work on um, addressing whatever internalized shame we may have. I mean, even for me as a patient advocate, you know, sometimes I have a hard time in my own experience. And, and you know, it's like, yeah, we, we are, um, we really need to have a supportive culture around what it means to take care of health and, you know, the right to food and resources. I mean, the other thing about cannabis too, is that, you know, if we can work on federally legalizing everything, you know, then hopefully that also speaks to legalizing you know, hemp completely, right? And we don't have so many compliance issues around hemp um, that really bottleneck the industry and all these other things. So, um, yeah, yeah, you know, honestly, okay. I feel like um, I want to be part of a group conversation. <laughs> you know, I don't. Feel yeah, like yeah. I, I mean, we want to <laughs> we want to change the way people think. Like you said, like you can outlaw segregation, but that doesn't change people's minds, you know, or uh, value systems. So you, you want to work on the thought process, too, and, and the culture around cannabis as well, you know, because there's all kinds of gatekeeping and all of that, you know, we have to do that as well. You just can't make laws don't solve 
every problem. Um, policy doesn't solve every problem. Um, okay. But well, okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, I always get really amped when it comes to, you know, all of the inequity in the space. But, you know, ultimately, um, I think that's good because it, it helps us, you know, not just get too, too comfortable. Like, great, I have access and my clients have access. So it's all good. <laughs> you know, it's, it's important to, um, to have an eye on the bigger picture. At least for me, I like to situate, you know, the work that I do with cannabis in the bigger context because I am. Um, you know, I wouldn't be here with, without everybody else who came before me. So. Right. Yeah. To the to the pioneers and the early adopters, we <laughs> appreciate you. Yes, um, and then the only last thing you brought up something earlier too, um, at least around pain relief. I know that you know those going through chemotherapy, you know, cancer patients use it to um, alleviate pain, and then some children use it and you were kind of discussing you know when is there like an age where you kind of like with medicine you don't have to worry about adverse effects of like weed or cbd like what what's a good time probably preteen you know it's kind of like when do you talk about sex with your with your kids you know when does this conversation because everyone is having a different conversation with their kids around drugs or weed or what have you what is your take on that when it comes to like talking to young adults you know who are getting ready to go to high school about cbd use Mm. Well, to be honest, the conversation that I would have around CBD use is pretty different than the conversation around THC use. Mm-hmm. And, you know, of course, I mean, Nick, you're definitely asking the the good questions today. Getting getting at some, um, yeah, getting at some good stuff here. I mean, it's hey, I tried to get my last like twelve minutes of like hot juicy stuff in. So let's do <laughs> it. it. Let's do hot, it. Hot fire. Hot fire. Yeah. Um, so let me make sure I understood your question correctly. Were you asking uh, at what age I think it's appropriate to begin to have a conversation about cannabis and what type of conversations would I have around CBD? I mean, even cannabis? I can see some very religious conservative parents even being like, I don't want you to use that lotion that has CBD in it because they think their kid is going to get high off of it. Like I can yeah. even see some of that going on so there's a spectrum but I would say like you know first of all you know CBD products is there uh, an age you know you know I with CBD it's it's different in my opinion than with THC and again I'm not a doctor none of the you know things that I say are meant to prescribe treat diagnose or cure you know please consult your practitioner yes please go to the doctor you know and I think it's a family conversation because you know on the one hand we may say okay at what age is it appropriate for somebody to use CBD but if there's a child who's an infant that's having seizures which is where some of the real um the real movement around uh, marijuana policy first happened around uh, medications for children with uh, with seizure conditions. Um, you know, then then it's like you're having that conversation before your child is pre-verbal. And and yes, you might be a family that is you know really focused on abstinence and would not consider you know any type of um, natural alternative, or you might have concerns that it's going to be intoxicating. So you know, I think it's it's a, a 
I mean, there's a real spectrum, right? Like, I think we need to be having this conversation with parents <laughs> so that they can have these conversations with their kids. But, but I personally, in my experience, you know, don't don't have any um, information about any uh, cannabis use being fa- fatal. To date, there's nobody who has who has overdosed or died from not not to say overdose, nobody who has died from cannabis use. So it is relatively safe, and yes, there can be some adverse side effects, and and uh, it is very important to um, to think about the age of your child if they're going to be experiencing anything that's mind altering. But for for a kid who has um, you know uh, autism and is is exhibiting some um, some self harming behaviors. You know, you might want to consider a product that has a little bit of THC in it. If that child isn't having any self-harming behaviors, but maybe just having social anxiety, maybe something with CBD is going to be a more appropriate. So, you know, I don't think I don't think um, there's a right age because I don't consider um, I don't consider cannabis to be recreational. You know, I just I just don't. I mean, yeah, people people use it in all types of ways, and yes, having you know having um, some edibles after a meal is is really nice and can facilitate a beautiful connection that might not otherwise feel comfortable or possible or whatever else um but you know cbd is is neuroprotective so i think for kids who are having challenges with um attention for kids who are having um you know challenges with cognitive function for kids who are having ibs and and um you know, all types of things, uh, all, all, all types of medical conditions, cannabis could be appropriate. So I think that's really a family specific conversation. In general, I do, um, from, from what I've, when I've read and the families that I've talked to in my own personal experience, I consider CBD at a low dose to be safe at any age. You know, of course, uh, an appropriate dose and, and the frequency of dose is something that's going to have to be customized. But a low dose of CBD should be neuroprotective and should really help overall wellness and vitality without causing you know any major shifts in the system CBD is to help you know help with a uh, homeostasis when it comes to THC use you know THC is an intoxicant so that's a different conversation and yeah people can experience euphoria from doing yoga or running some people might call it a runner's high some people think it's because of the endocannabinoid system or your your system producing those endogenous cannabinoids you know that are within your own body so so there's a lot of different ideas but but the body produces compounds that that mimic what we find in plant medicine that in in cannabis that's why our bodies are so receptive so i think that thc can be a safe choice um but i wouldn't recommend like personally i wouldn't recommend high thc use for a young person if they needed thc i think having that with a combination of cbd is probably great but again i'm not a doctor so there may be some medical conditions where you know something else would be appropriate um but yeah you know some kids are kind of dreamy from a young age and some kids are like ready to get out in the action from a young age so it depends i would i would more really want to have conversations around safe use you know yeah your own yeah i know your source and and again you know um somebody was sharing a personal experience and she was saying okay well 
Um, you know, when, when I was in college, um, me and my friends used to smoke a joint before we go to the party. And, you know, that was kind of our vibe. And we would go to the party and, you know, maybe we were a little paranoid or awkward, but we would be clocking everything. Hey, you know, what's these people doing over here in this corner? You know, why are these people looking kind of predatory? What's going on? And, you know, that was a different experience maybe than the people who were meeting up beforehand and having a, you know, a, a kind of, you know, Jack Daniels before going to the party. And so, you know, the thing is I think um, partying, <laughs> mixed substance partying can can definitely lead to, you know, intoxication and, and those situations, um, you know, it's just, it's just hard to maintain your, your safety when you when you're not, you know, clear headed and clear focused. But, you know, if people want to have a safe, um, a safe experience at home, you know, that that um that's something for them i think to decide but yeah it's not great for young people to um be getting intoxicated at a young age it changes um you know some different functions and one of the things that people will say is that um oh gosh i forget what the term is but yeah basically like you know supposedly young people who consume a lot of high thc in their early adolescent years might experience you know demotivation and that that might be something oh right like burnout like what they yeah. call the burnouts in high school that people were smoking i mean yes, too much and, of anything and that, and right it's like you're 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 smoking too much like brother like you need to maybe take that back (laughs) for sure and cannabis is an adaptogen and and she wants you to have an intimate nuanced relationship because the plant does not respond well to overuse (laughs) you know (laughs) right so don't overuse anything yeah yeah. so so ultimately you know i think the conversation is really more about you know parents talking or families talking to young people or you know older you know people talking to people about you know what does your body need understanding the signals of your body understanding what it means to you know feel balanced in your body using nutrition using plants using herbs to you know find balance whether that's because you have a urinary tract infection or you know because you're having a hard time falling asleep you know and really understanding and and taking plant medicine seriously you know it it should it is not you know it is not something to be taken lightly these plants can be potent whether it's you know uh, eating too much garlic (laughs) yeah like everything yeah too much chocolate sugar Awesome. But, Thank but you. It, but ultimately, just to circle back to what you're saying, you know, I think it's important for families and, and parents and people to engage in conversations about what it means to feel well and take care of oneself at as 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 an early age as possible. And it's a conversation about wellness. Well, I feel like I went to college. Thank you. For, <laughs> thank you for taking me to school, Sarah. I am so excited um, about even future conversations, getting in a little deeper about specific things and and uses. Um, But I would love to tell people, if you want some more of this facilitation education from Sarah Rose Botanicals, how do we find you? Yeah, absolutely. So I do also offer um, personalized cannabis consultations around you know, products you might have questions about and dosing support. So if you, you all have any questions and you want to reach me, my email is hello at sarahrosebotanicals.com. That's Sarah with an H. And you can also reach me at IG, sarah.rose.botanicals. And my website, which is currently... Um, you know, about to about to be released to the world, and that is sarahrosebotanicals.com. 
Yay, thank you so much. And I can't wait to our future conversation. I really appreciate your your time and energy today. Thank you. Oh my gosh, it was it was such a it was such a good time. I definitely forgot that we were on the interview for a second. So I think that <laughs> that might be a typical experience. But yeah, you know, I just wanted to share that this was a, a great time for me and I'm so happy to um, have been able to engage with you a little bit about hemp and fashion. I would love to continue that conversation. We can talk about brands that are incorporating hemp textiles. So so that would be really fun. And also just a little, you know, plug to you too. Um, when I was getting ready for our conversation a couple earlier, a couple hours earlier, you know, I was thinking to myself, like, how do I, uh, how do I set my vibe? So I decided I wanted to use some of my incense ropes from GU and I was burning the, um, the cosmically incense and uh, it was just so nice so again shout out to the plant medicine Palo Santo all that good stuff and, and yeah. you, you know you have to wear something thanks again for having me yay and as I always say um, until next time peace